Hello and welcome to Gotta Get Out of This Town, a 2000 pop punk and emo pop retrospective. I am as always depressed and with me other mental health issues you should be aware of. Hello, I'm Sybil. I'm your podcast mommy issues. Hello, I'm Adam. I am anxiety in podcast form. Oh, hello everyone. How are you doing today? I'm wonderful and bosomy, just like you always dreamed of. It's finals week. Oh no. Like, middle school finals? No. My fifth year of university finals. Is that the last one? <laughs> it should have been. <laughs> Alright, it works different in the US. No, I'm just a fuck up. <laughs> Anyhow, today we're doing things a bit differently. Last year we did an end of year roundup where we, where I made a playlist that was like five hours and everyone listened to it and then we were very tired. So I was like, let's not do that anymore and do something different for the end of year or beginning of year. It's January. Well, it's December here, but it's January there. Time zones. Uh, but yeah, I was like, okay, instead of doing a playlist where we listen to bits of things and then are very confused, I'm just going to pick four records that are interesting from pop punk adjacent releases of this year. Uh, I'm going to say only two of the records that we're going to talk about are really pop punk. And, uh, and, and let's listen to them and let's spend January listening to modern stuff before Going back into 2003 at the beginning of February. Oh, I don't know why you would be so down about that. We're only going to be resuming with... Let's scroll through this list. Uh, the next one is American Hi-Fi, which you liked last time. I didn't. They were the two-stone Nintendo guys. Oh, I loved two-stone Nintendo. <laughs> <laughs> well, good news. After that, we're going to be uh, messed up Atari. Yeah, Atari is good. I like that record. I'm looking forward to that one, but yeah. Nintendo, Atari, we've got all the classic consoles up in here. Time for some Dreamcast pop punk. Is pop punk the Dreamcast of genres? Um, it might. Yes, in that it died in the 2000s. Anyhow, today we're talking about our first record in our month-long pop punk adjacent roundup. We should find a better name for it. Today we're talking about Swim Out Past the Breakers by Teleturn.
I do have a small history of skeleton here, which is exactly three, four, five, six, seven, eight sentences. So we could do that if we want to introduce this. Please do. So this is not like this is a band without a Wikipedia page. So like my skill to research this has been has been towards. But I can tell you this: Teleton is a band for Milwaukee, Wisconsin, which, as far as I know, is a place mostly known for like Cornfield, The Promised Ring, and those weird Star Wars YouTube guys. I couldn't find anywhere a list of the members of the band, but in their Facebook page you can see a picture of them, and there's like a dude that basically looks like Ben Folds, a dude with bleached hair, a dude with a Say Anything shirt, and a dude with a Nine Inch Nail shirt. So like, I'm already saying it's a miracle that I like this record, because wow, those are some choices there. Looking like Ben Folds is a choice? If you're not Ben Folds. <laughs> I mean, this explains why there's piano on this album, but still. But yeah, the band formed in December 2014, apparently. Um, in some kind of university, and they recorded their first LP, Witness. University of Whitewater Library. Hmm. Oh, wait, no, I'm reading this wrong. It's the library of the University of Whitewater. They are very white, so that tracks. You already said Milwaukee. And yeah, and now they, they did a bunch of stuff, and this is their fifth record. That's it. That's my research for today. They're a band. I listened to this record. This is the first record of them that I listened to. And it's really good. And I was like, let's talk about it. Because, I don't know, I don't want to talk about American Hi-Fi. We should just record that in the middle of this month to really break up the good stuff. Oh, there's the, there's the Travis Barker record to break up the good stuff at the end. <laughs> oh, okay. Well. <laughs> oh, no. I don't know what the four records are offhand, so this is going to be interesting. Anyhow, shall we talk about this record? Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. This is like 18 tracks, so let's take it very fast because I'm sleepy. You had 18, I had 16. Whatever. I, I, I'm, I don't know how to count anymore. I'm just making sure I didn't miss songs, that's all. I can relate. Am I the numbers queer on this podcast? You are. I've got uh, number dyslexia, so... Gotcha. I am decent at numbers, but not now. <laughs> mm -hmm. I am good at... I'm the spreadsheet queer here. I'm the dodecahedron. How are you? <laughs> You're dodecahedron and mommy issues? Yes. Each of my breasts are frighteningly geometric. <laughs> oh my. Uh, yeah, we begin with shit. Which <laughs> is uh, shit bracket Jansport. I don't know what Jansport is. Jansport is sure. a backpack brand. Oh, okay. Is it bad? No, they're basically the common, if you bought any kind of name, not just bizarre $2 thing, you probably had a Jansport bag growing up in the US. Oh, fair enough. Yep. Um, yeah, this is the opening song. It's a great fast opening. Tiny still, isn't it? There are, there are a lot of featuring on this record. 
from sort of like pop punk adjacent like power pop bands. Uh, Tiny Stills is one of the bands that I knew from from this bunch. They're pretty good. And yeah, it starts with some sort of like polka slash walls vibes and like this big bridge that explodes in a coda. This is great. This is already like great start for... This is not a pop punk record. Let's start by saying this. It's adjacent. It's like very much... But it's very much like a power pop Fountains of Wayne E record. Not Fountains of Wayne. I love the Fountains of Wayne. I was going to ask a sphinx riddle of you two, which is, do you think that the reason whenever we do these forward leaps in time, we get more interesting things are because bands have more ability to break free of things? Or is it because we're only picking from the top made it mainstream things in our time warp and there were things like this happening beneath the surface that we will never find in 2003. Yeah, the second that you said. Oh, okay. Because, um, this record didn't chart. <laughs> no, I think... You can buy it on Bandcamp. <laughs> uh, if you look at what the charts look like these days, it's a very different landscape. So, yeah. Yeah, like, because we're picking the good shit that didn't reach the mainstream. Everyone knows that the good shit never reached it to the mainstream. Uh, I'll have you know Garbage has platinum records. <laughs> but they're still garbage. You're damn right they are. <laughs> but yeah, no, this this is a great opener. This is, again, like, it has this sort of, like, polka vibe, weirdly enough. They play a lot with genres, and uh, it's just very endearing, very good opener that leads up into the next song, which is their first single. It's good shit. Good energy, a lot of brass, packs plenty of different genre and tone shifts into an under three minute track, and it even has a woman on vocals. Yeah, that's the singer from Tiny Stills. Got it. I'm just saying, we have had five at most female vocals on the entire rest of the show, not counting these year-end wrap-ups. When I hear a spoiler about next record for next week? Sure. There's a trans female vocalist on that one. Oh, right. Eyes emoji. So that's something we can look forward to. Representation. I didn't know trans people could make music in pop punk. I thought that was a law. Well, most trans people music is like very like just screaming over white noise. But yeah. Is this like how the only way we have a woman on one of the other networks I'm on is because I backdoored my way in? (laughs) (laughs) I make that joke every time to piss off my co-hosts. Look, podcasting is a a white dude business. Uh, Sometimes turns out those white dudes are white girls. Being trans has made me more powerful than they could ever hope to contain because now I can make all the jokes they dare not approach. Yeah, you know, you know, we are, we are gatekept medically. We are uh, discriminated in all walks of life. But at least we get to make trans jokes, and that's really cool. That is the true trans feminine privilege. There, it's true. I can make all the jokes that you would hear the people on Red Scare make completely sincerely. The people on what? Don't look that up if you don't know what that is. Yeah, I don't know what that is, and I don't want to look that up. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I'm not looking it up. 
Let's talk about self-starter AE. Speaking of trans songs. Have a year to try a service that lets me cut right to the front of the line. And thinking long as the government workers guarding all of the nice citizens' lives. I watched the film where it was no big deal from around 1965. They weren't a seatbelt to the smoke on board. And the crew was all drunk by the peak of the climb. Out of space till up above. All the amps straight down below. And still the automatic earth is in the foreground. I can't help but slip into the background now. But yeah, the song rule. This is the first single for the record. I don't know if you've seen the video. It's a very fun video. I did not. There didn't seem to be one on their official playlist. Uh, there's a video for Self Starter AE, and there's a lyrics video for um, the Spider Song, uh, Travelator. Got it. The Spider Song. Yeah, the uh, Spider Song video is very full of big spiders. It is very full of big spiders. So, like, be warned if you're going to look that up, listeners. <laughs> I mean, it like, the, the thumbnail for it is a big spider, so I'm pretty sure, you like, if you search for it, you're like, oh, right, spider. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm just, I don't want anyone to get spooked. That is fair, and I appreciate your concern. I have to give uh, props to the vocalist for standing so still during the filming of this video. <laughs> yeah, the, the video is like the vocalist standing really still and everyone else sort of like going wild around him. It's pretty cool. And it's also at double speed. I didn't realize that this was for our end of year roundup originally because I don't pay attention. So I thought that this was a 2003 album until this song when I heard uh, and put my broken AirPods in and I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> AirPods weren't in 2003. What's going on? Um, it's not from 2003. Spoiler alert. Damn it, Miss Frizzle. <laughs> oh, no, this is really cool. This is, like, such a good pop banger. Like, it has this very weird dreamy bridge that really, again, they do a lot of interesting stuff by changing up the genre, changing up the vibe of the song. But this is just, like, such a solid pop song. Like, power pop. Like, again... 70s power pop through the lens of the 90s revival, through the lens of the 2020 revival, I guess. And it's so good. <laughs> the song really evolves, and even though it's like four or five minutes, like it doesn't feel like it. Uh, and Jaria is on the song, which is barely didn't make the, the, four, the four records for the year round up, because go listen to the... Uh, the Guide to Faking Your Dead? I don't remember the title of the record, but the latest Jaria record is great. Just imagine, um, do you know the, like, over-the-top swing-like bits in Panic! at the Disco records? Like, they always have, like, a bit like that in their song? Yes. Is that, but, like, a whole record of it? Yes. And it rules. Ooh, that's my favorite part. Yeah, it's great. And, and, and the dude can shout a bunch, so... Pretty good. Gonna, gonna listen to that too. Uh, but yeah, self after AE. This is a song with breezy lyrics, but interesting composition. And um, I will disagree with you about some of the five and six minute songs feeling like they don't drag. But this one is still under three minutes and I'm still hype. 
I think this whole record, despite being 43 tracks for three hours, uh, really goes by very fast and very smooth and very pleasantly. There were five and six minute songs on this album. Mm-hmm. I didn't notice. I don't think, I think we're shy of six, but we go between four to five something. I still didn't notice. You know how I feel about long songs. I did. Adam, Adam supports my theory that this is like very smooth and fun to listen to. I might agree with Sybil on Checker Drive, though. Well, don't worry, I have some landmines ready for you. Uh, and then you, we go to Do You Know What I Mean? Or not? This sounds like the Bare Naked Ladies. Really? I Whenever I hear their piano stuff, I always go to, like, the the poppiest side of, like, Elton John. Like, I always think about, like, Saturday Night is for Fighting and stuff like that. The opening of this sounds almost exactly like the slow guitar bit at the start of It's All Been Done. Huh. Dun, no, that is not... Dun, I, I never dun, made that connection. Very uh, yeah, this record, to, to remind us of 2002, where the All-American Reject, this record also uses Christmas chimes, and uh, they lead into a distorted guitar, and they work a lot better than they did in, the, in, the, in that other record that was weird. So, just because you did the research, Ellie, do you happen to know where the name of the record came from? No. No. Okay. I'm very suspicious that it's an Everclear reference based on one of the songs. Huh. I've listened to an interview with them, but they spent like 20 minutes talking about Disney parks. Oh. So I gave up. That explains a lot. (laughs) (laughs) You know, when I first tried to find the lyrics for this album, I, you know, I typed in, uh, Slim out past the breakers lyrics and I got like five bajillion results of you wanted some Everclear lyrics? Everclear lyrics? Is that what you wanted? Is that what you wanted? I was like no. No one no one in the history of war has ever wanted some Everclear lyrics. Art Alexakis has. <laughs> Fair. No one aside him. <laughs> Art Alexakis is somehow one of the most divorced men in the music industry. Uh, but yeah, no, do you know what I mean? It's another, like, four-minute song that really holds its length. And it's like, it managed to play with the, the sound, play with the idea, and be really entertaining in it. And uh, it has Christmas chimes in it, and it's like, yay, it's Christmas. I, I'm, I'm, I'm sure this record came out in, like, March, so it wasn't time-appropriate then, but it's time-appropriate now. It's, like, December. See, the lines, uh, and every time I want to whisk my fucking laptop to the floor, um... That is a fun finals mood. Every time that line comes up, I'm like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, that's understood. Yeah, yeah, that's the mood. Well, he do know what you mean. I do. (laughs) 
Here is my problem with this. It is three minutes of a solid song and then a long, dull outro that just pads. Are you sure you're thinking about this song? I don't remember this having a big outro. I think you may be... Th- are you thinking of Checker Drive? Yeah, because I just Checker found Drive later like in, my night, in my notes where I yeah. timed Checker Drive. You're right. My bad. This one has a long outro, but not as long as Checker Drive. Yeah, I like the Checker Drive outro, but yeah, this is this is, has like a normal outro. But that's okay. I do like the song. I do like the song, too. There is our... There is our critical prowess coming here. We do like the song. That's our review. Well, how about we talk about the two-song suite that's in the middle of the album? Darkness found me in the middle of late night. Parking, why is it so hard to know where you belong when you don't even know how or if you went wrong? So late night, come home in the middle of work sucks. I knew why it always a small thing. Do you want that you could have but not having for so long? Oh yeah, Outstanding, the Riviera, and Panorama, the Polynesian. They're two, like, barely two-minute songs, like a one-minute song and a two-minute song. I didn't necessarily see them as a, as, a, as a suit, but they are very small, and it's good to talk about them together. Well, they are also mentioning each other in the tracks. That's fair. So we're going to talk about the fact that there's an entire verse that's just a blink riff in the Riviera, right? So late night, come home, in the middle of work sucks, I know. Why is it always the small things you want that you put up with not having for so long? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't know if that is specifically a Blink reference, but I could it's see it. It's explicitly the three of their songs. Late night, come home, work sucks, I know, all the small things. I don't know if late night, come home is actually a Blink lyric, though. It definitely is. Okay, that makes it more relevant for us to talk about this. Good, good. <laughs> How am I suddenly the one quoting Blink lyrics? Oh my god! I don't know! <laughs> I, my brain doesn't work anymore. You've been infected by the podcast. I'm going to just chug this lit candle now. <laughs> don't do that, it doesn't taste good. Also, is it a lit candle in that it's a... Uh, candle with the logo of the band Lit on it? Oh my Sybil god. Sybil would never do that to herself. Oh my god, I need to see if there's some... Okay. Da, da, da. <laughs> Good luck googling um, Lit candle and coming up with the band. <laughs> speaking of this podcast infecting people, yeah? my fucking Spotify wrapped, all of my friends were like doing those little uh, fusion playlist thingies. Um... And I kept doing them, and it would just give us weird pop-punk, K-pop amalgamations. What is the Fusion playlist again? Oh, it's like a a Spotify thing where, like, it it mashes your wrapped with your friend's wrapped and gives you a playlist. Okay, so, um, in my results for searching for Lit Band Candle, I got... One that is marked, girl, you need to calm the F down, which, to be fair, that's a good reaction to someone wanting a lit candle. Uh, An Etsy candle maker who has one marked, when this candle is lit, I'm writing spicy shit, book TikTok. And joints. Oh, dear. 
So that was a failure. The Riviera has a very interesting piano tune to the back of it. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of piano in this record, and surprisingly, it's even, it's like less piano than their previous record, as far as I'm aware, but still a bunch of piano, and uh, I enjoy it. I enjoy piano and pop. Uh, Panorama has, like, a bunch of brass, once again, some good, they do the, they don't really do harmonized backing vocals, but they do the shouty, epic backing vocals, the, like, you know, the... I, I call them the emo backing vocals because it's what like emo punk band do when the big chorus hits. But it, this is not emo. This is like power pop, pure power pop. But they do that kind of shouty background backing vocals, which are still good. I want to know if you think that Panorama has a Weezer-like guitar on it, because that's what I felt. Yeah, I can hear this. Yeah, it is sort of like a Blue Album kind yeah, of guitar. Yeah, early Weezer, not, not Van Weezer, but... <laughs> <laughs> this record wouldn't be here if I if we, if it would be in any way similar to Van Weezer. <laughs> uh, this is a very rough counterpart to the last one, which was sort of like ah the ennui of work, and then it's like destroy it all, destroy me, destroy the world, everything. It's a mea culpa, meta C four and Cetaphil gin and soda with a twist of any citrus fruit you can get. The lyri- I really enjoyed the lyrics around this song. They have that kind of like lyrical density I really enjoy. It's like, even when they're not really saying a lot, it's just like lots of words in a short amount of time with like a good like sound to them. It's like the kind of, yeah, it's the kind of like mountain goatsy sort of density of lyric thing, which I'm really up for. It really reaches a po- uh, high point later in the album, but... This is where they start to take on teeth, if you ask me. The whole time that I've I've listened to this album, I've listened to this album like six times today, because <laughs> um, I like it and I have no self control. Uh, anyway, the point is, the whole time I've been like, it sounds super familiar to me, but I cannot place what it sounds like. I can place it. It sounds like uh, it's like nineties revival of seventies power pop. It sounds like you know. Fountains of Wayne, it sounds like a bit of Elton John, a bit of Bruce Springsteen. But I don't listen to any of those artists, so that can't be what it's reminding me of. I don't know, early The Cars, a bit of Ben Folds. um... Adam, if I can take a shot, this feels to me like it could have slotted into 2003 easily. When you made the comment about, I didn't realize for a track or two that this was not the next chronologically... This feels like something that might have been a lesser hit in the 2000s, especially with the fact that I th- there's explicit references to Blink, I'm pretty sure one track, and the title is an Everclear reference. Uh, there's parts that I thought were very, just looking over my notes, Bare Naked Ladies, a bit of 70s jam. This feels like someone took, let's say, Ellie's comment about, here's your Spotify roundup of the year, and took that as a challenge to write their next album. Oh, we have been listening to a lot of Van Halen. What if we did that? We like that. But I'm just saying, this feels like someone gave them prompts, and that's where all of this came from. It's very reminiscent of other things. It's good. It's The worst thing I could say on this album is some of it felt like a drag to me, but I had a good time, and... It's 
the genre chameleon nature makes me wonder what other things this band has done sound like. I did not investigate before we started, but it's a fascinating melange. Also, like, again, like a very prominent point of, like, inspiration. It's clearly, like, you know, Jeff Rosenstock. Then we move to... What is the next thing? Oh, the the Adam song. Must impr- no, not Adam song, the Blink song, but the song that Adam, our Adam, likes. Um, <laughs> oh, boy. Why are you singing the Star Wars song? <laughs> Uh, master Ration, Master Rationalizer, Master Rush, Master Rationalizer, Master Rationalizer, Master Rationalizer. Okay, I loved the song, mm-hmm. like, a lot. Talk to us about except it. Except for the screaming at the end, um, which makes me sad, because, like, I do like when they change up the vibes in their songs, but I didn't like it there. <laughs> that is fair. Um, this is another just, like, big pop song, and I, I love big pop songs. It has, again really good are uh, uh, this incredibly catchy cars uh there's a great contrast between how like hard almost hard rock the verses are and then they go into this like piano rock chorus which again is very very elton johnny with like the the piano and uh there's a great transition in the first bridge that goes into like a really cool synth line um what this reminds me a lot too especially because they have a lot of chimes a lot of weird sound I don't know if I've talked about them on this podcast already, but like, um, there's this like mat pop, uh, Japanese band called Necritonki, who uses a lot of this like childish, like toy like sounds in their music. And this does remind me a lot of that, a lot of that playfulness. So, yeah. That is my thoughts. Listen to Necritonki. They're, hmm. they're cool. Okay. You probably already, I probably linked you some Necritonki already. <laughs> Honestly, I don't think you have, but they, they, they I'll have the to them. they have the singer with like the really cute squeaky voice. Nope, does not ring a bell. It's possible that you sent it to me while I didn't have my headphones, and then I forgot. Though that is fair. Can we talk about how this song sounds like an extended dunk on debate club kids? <laughs> sure, go on. Ah, uh, let's just see here. So. Upset your boss because they interpreted your tone wrong. Far too many semicolons and you went long. The words were good, but you can't argue they were a bit flawed. You packed your shit up in a huff and went a bit broad. A common theme across all of your relationships. You build trust, but it doesn't exist. You had a dream that you'd grow old and be the envy of your hometown. Had your dream at six years old. Nobody asked you why, what, or how. The whole thing is just like, I knew a guy who was a real prick I worked with. A couple of tracks on this album feel like someone just getting out 
frustrations about an office job. There's one that's basically a long extended attack on me personally. But this this one is just, hey, guess what? You tried to get by on just being the guy who could think his way out of any problem, and it turns out you don't think your way out of some problems, and you have to eat shit because your big brain doesn't mean nothing. Hey, that's a mood. I mean... That was me. (laughs) (laughs) That is a very valid thing to feel, though, if you ask me, as somebody that doesn't do any thinking ever. I know, I'm the weird piece of shit that completely, like... Faced to the ground as soon as uh, school ended. That's me in the sun. <laughs> you should do what I did, which was accidentally fake your own death, uh, get arrested once, and do a bunch of things until you conjure way into being the head of a startup. <laughs> that sounds complicated. I think I will just, like, grab a blanket and have a nap. I have to do that in my car. Hi, welcome to Gotta Get Out of This Shitty Thing Called Life. Capitalism. The shitty thing called capitalism. Yes. A suicide ideation podcast. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, no. We have Uh, albums for that. I could give you a 2021 album for that. Oh, I can too. Have you you heard that? Have you heard that record that mixes Cremo and and, uh, chamber music? It's really good. It's French. Ooh. Eyes emoji? Yeah. It's in my, it's my end of year endless. It's like. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You talked about it. I remember that. It's like chamber music, but with like really sad chamber music with screamo lyrics on it. It's great. I have like seven people's end of year lists, and I'm going to go through them on a day when I have money and time and just listen to everything I am intrigued by. So I have it bookmarked, but I have not dug in yet. I'm sorry. Yeah, fair. No worries. No worries. No worries. It's you, Alex Navarro, and then random other critics. Do we have anything else to say on my rational advisor? Uh, it's my new favorite song. Yeah, it's really good. I think I like uh, Travelator better from this record. Travelator is so good. Um, but yeah, Master Rationalizer is also good. This is in my top five. I don't know if it's top three. You want to know what's not in my top five? Oh no, Checker uh, Drive. I love Checker this. Drive. Checker Drive. Checker Drive has, again, that, like, really, really cool, like, 70s, like, power pop through the lens of the 90s revival feel, and, like, so cool. Has the piano, has the, like, that verse, not the verse, the, yeah, the the chorus bit, it's just, like, has that very vintage guitar. Oh, I love this a lot, this is great. This feels like a let's move to the suburbs song, but then it has that one minute and change outro. Oh yeah, the outro is great. The outro really reminds and this is where they start really reminding me of Fountains of Wayne. That like sort of like proggy outro is like really brings to mind like the sort of like kind of playing around with sound and playing around with structure that Fountains of Wayne did in um, Welcome Interstate Manager. 
which I'm sad that we're doing this before we actually do Welcome Interstate Managers, because there are a lot of parallels with that record, and I don't think any of you have ever heard the full record for that. I have no idea, no. I definitely yeah. haven't. What? It's a what really are... good record. People remember Fountains of Wayne for Stacy's Mom? It's like, the whole record is like, not that. I was trying to go like, what have they, what have they done? I know the name, and then you just told me. Okay. You know them from Stacy's Mom, but the rest of the record is not that. The, re- the rest of the record is way more similar to this thing. Especially, like, the slowest song on this record, like the... Um, if you're thinking about, like, House of the Future and Positively Clark Street, that's what you actually get from Fountains of Wayne on Welcome Interstate Manager. Which, given that you seem to hate those two songs, you probably wouldn't be your thing. You've also heard of them before, because Ellie talks about them, like, every three weeks or so. I do. This is true. I just didn't have anything to really center that beyond, boy, I know Ellie likes this, sort of like they might be giants and the mountain goats. And OK Go. And OK Go, definitely. <laughs> the four pillars of Gotta Get Out of This Town. The four pillars of Ellie. <laughs> yeah, Fountains of Wayne, OK Go, They Might Be Giants, The Mountain Goats, and Sybil, no. <laughs> <laughs> I really like the outro on this. I'm sorry. I, I think it's like really, really interesting. It breaks up the record very well. Reminds me of stuff that I like. Um, it sounds nice. It's very almost proggy. It's very delicate. Look, I'm not saying you're wrong to enjoy this outro. I'm saying the outro on Checker Drive is one of those things that absolutely brings the flow to a halt for me, which is, I think, why I find this album has a lot of stop-start problems and you think it just never loses steam. Yeah, because I I enjoy when it goes a bit quieter. I think it does it very well, and that outro is one of the bits where it goes a bit quieter. But in terms of a, hey, screw moving to the suburbs and the paranoia of white flight, it's not a bad track lyrically. I enjoy it. Yeah. See, the thing about this song is that uh, on my subsequent listens to it after the first time where I'm like, well, technically I don't have to listen to all of the songs. I did skip this one about halfway through. Um, It's not bad. It's just I don't have time for this. I do want to call out the lyrics because it is a very good, subtle in places burn on anyone who thinks No, you know what will keep this failing relationship together? If we get a house in the suburbs and we get out of this city, you know, every time we're passing by that shiny phosphorescent sign, it looks a lot like paradise. I'd like that for my own and our own. So fuck those friends we were hanging around with last night. Never mind them, buddy, never mind. Pack our possessions in a van and start a new life. Get it right on Checker Drive. Uh, all these ideas we were floating around, I kind of like them. I think you also kind of like them. Settling down don't mean we're starting up the back nine. In a drone flown above the plot, we'd spot the warning signs. The circles in the crops check all the boxes. Take the talk offline. Neighbors that we spy on say goodbye. Fuck the hesitations. As if we're capable of setting down a lifestyle. I really like this track up until it just sucks all the energy out of the room. So... Let me say, Checker Drive, 
not one of my favorite tracks on the album as a whole, but probably some of my favorite lyrics they wrote at all. No, that's, that, your opinion is fair. Uh, I really like the outro. I'm sorry. You do not have to apologize. Cancelled. No, no, Sibyl is cancelled. This how is Ellie's SR-71 moment. No! <laughs> SR-71? No! <laughs> I just couldn't resist. SR-71 has some of the scummiest lyric ever. This is fine. This is an outro with, with windpipes. Well, I Anytime you start trying to cancel me, I will just wield it like a sword. <laughs> but you're, you're both wrong. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I don't know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna become a right-wing personality and start talking about cancel culture now. Sorry. Good news, a lot of them are leaving their jobs right now, there's vacancies. <laughs> Ellie's gonna get hired for Fox News Italy. Yeah, that is not a thing, but yeah. Do you want to found it? No, no. You could be one of the good ones, Ellie. <laughs> I don't think I'm hot enough to be like the new Blair White for them to accept me. So yeah, no. <laughs> All right. I'm good here if you are. I'm never good, but let's move on. House of the Future, part four. It's always 72, sunny and blue, in the most eastern room of the house that grows beautiful. How we used to try to walk through planes as they fly. Yeah, this is what I mean when I say that they sound a lot like um, Welcome Interstate Manager era Fountains of Wayne. This is very much that. I really like this song. It has that folky guitar, that quiet singing. It builds to a really big climax, which I love. It's like, it starts very quiet. It's quiet, 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 and then has like the big ending. And it's a really well-constructed song, and I like it. I don't remember this one. This is sort of my reverse checker drive in that the slow part doesn't slam me, but the last bit where it goes into the actual climax, pretty good. And the lyrics are still solid the whole way through. Talk to us about the lyrics. I actually haven't paid much attention to the lyrics. I just like like how this sounds. Sort of like how the Riviera and the Polynesian were very interwoven songs. This one feels like it might be the aftermath of Checker Drive. Uh, it all came down exactly how it did, and I don't know why it all came on down. I think it's best we keep it hid, because it's too late to call you back, and I don't know what I'd say anyway. And just discussion of, oh, being out on the edge of town near the airport where you can see the flights above. We can draft it and trash it. We'll give it some days where the seasons change. And then the very energetic climaxes. If you want this for yourself, take it from me. I want to stay here for myself and what I thought it could be. It just feels like the the splinters you can feel under Checker Drive have just broken out into a full-on collapse. I mean, the line of, uh, I don't know why that thought broke me down, but long story short, it did. <laughs> yeah, that's the mood. <laughs> yeah, no, that happened. 
Hashtag relatable. <laughs> Indeed. Definitely know that well, one. This is Not a depressing so. episode. For a record that's so upbeat, this is becoming a really depressing episode. I don't episode. think it is that upbeat when you look at the lyrics. That is fair. There is a lot of, like, sadness. Like, yeah, no, the lyrics are, um... <laughs> the lyrics are a vibe. I, yeah? I think it's overall a very energetic album. I think what they bring to it the composition is pretty good, by and large. I will not slam any of it. It's just that sometimes they make choices I probably would not have made, and that's where I disagree with it. But I would not call this bad by any means. I think this is really good. This is one of my favorite records of the year. I think it was like third on my top uh, end of year top 20. I really like this. Again, but again, uh, I, I really like Welcome Intercity Manager. That is also one of my favorite records ever. So, and this reminds me of it in a lot of ways. And um, I don't know if it's the chorus. It's probably like the post pre or post chorus of this. There's like that bit where it's just like da 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 ba ba ba, and that is like a supremely like uh, Fountains of Wayne kind of melodic turn, which is just like oh, reminds me immediately of that, and it's really good. It's like I don't, I don't have the technical knowledge to describe what makes it so, but it's that kind of like type of melody that they would use. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not a rules. I like this. And then we go back into more energy with Marlin Spike. This song made me feel old. How so? Well, one of the first lines is, It's my first time overseas, I'm about to turn 29. I'm also about to turn 29. I have been overseas. Well, I guess overseas is different for Americans, because it means, like, not in America. Not in America. Although I have been in South America before. Yeah, you've definitely been overseas then. Yeah. And I am... And that was when I was like six, so, you know. I, I, I got the, the Benfold-looking singer of the band beat on that, but I'm also about to turn 29, and that's horrifying. <sighs> okay. Okay. <laughs> I'm well past it. I'm sorry, Grandma. <laughs> I mean, I've yet to be overseas, um, but I also am not about to turn 29, so I don't know. No, you're about to turn, like, 9. You're fine. <laughs> oh. I'm doing the angry Muppet look, Ellie. <laughs> Great, now I'm just imagining you with those big furry eyebrows. <laughs> My role in the podcast is just to bully everyone else for their age by being the, the, the one in the middle. <laughs> middle sibling Middle privilege. sibling energy. Yep. I'm not used to being the youngest. This is whack. I have always been the oldest sibling, so this this is nothing new. The oldest sibling? (laughs) Uh, I forget. Did I tell you about how I came out to one of my sisters? 
No, you haven't. No. Oh, it was the ultimate dunking on a middle sibling power move because literally the way I did was, hey, you want to know what the ultimate way to dunk on a middle sibling is? You can't even say you're the oldest sister anymore. Ah, <laughs> love that. Her face was I something. It was very much a, I'm not going to tell you off for that, but I want to go tell you to fuck yourself. <laughs> Gotta love being siblings. <laughs> uh, anyhow, Marlon Spike, you know this song is good because I keep like singing things that I'm doing to the tune of it. Like I was cooking today and I was just like singing what I was putting in the, in my stew to the tune of the song. Ha! And, and that, that, that when a song is good, you just do that. No, it's it's a good one. It's uh, a fun little track. It's just a very weird... It kind of seems like a growing up song to me, but it's very alien compared to where I was at this point in my life. This song is so energetic that it convinced me to get up and get some exercise. I'm sure I looked like a, a bit of a crazy person in practicing Taekwondo in the backyard. This song is just catchy. Again, like... You can sing anyone, anything to this tune. I am currently recording a podcast. It's a very fun. <laughs> you can, I can just go on forever doing this. And uh, that's, that's been my life for the last three days. Hey, you know what we were doing? We were in the middle of talking about an album. How about Positively Clark Street? <laughs> This is just Everclear. Yeah, I could see that. I could see that. It starts with a Grateful Dead reference and then goes into twangy guitar for a bit as he kicks off. I could see that. This was the one that had me going how many people are in this band just due to all the instrumentation and multiple vocalists, so... Five, but every song has, like, guests on it. Yeah, that would explain it. Like, you don't have the Spotify listing, but, like, literally every song has, like, someone on it. Uh, in Positively Clark Street, we have Gary Loris, which I don't know, but that's the guest on it. Yo, that guy looks like a Gary Loris. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, serious, I'll show you a photo. One moment. Oh, I'm Googling it. Okay. I'm looking in... Yep. See? Sure does. There's no other description for that. It's kind of a vibe, though. Oh, I could absolutely see you turning into this eventually, Adam. <laughs> I'm taking it as a compliment. Anyhow. Uh, yeah, Positively Clark Street is a less divorced Everclear track. And, you know, that's okay. It's not my jam. It's probably my low point of the record just because of how much I have disdain for that band, but it's fine. It's the more ballady song of the record, yeah. No, you're right. This this definitely is a ballad. I hadn't even thought of that, but you're correct. Yeah, this is the more ballady song of the record, and uh, as far as ballady songs on record go, this is pretty good. It's acceptable, but not my thing. 
And then we go to a song that's definitely Sibylte, which is Cyan. I wrote an email that I thought was fine. I wrote an email that I thought made sense. I separated with divider lines, both of the headers and even indented it. Love this one. This is the Polka Ska weird song. It's great. I mean, is anybody surprised that I'd like the Polka Ska song? No, 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 it's fair. This is just a personal attack on me. The anal retentive's (laughs) lament. I love it. (laughs) I wrote an email that I thought was fine. I wrote an email that I thought made sense. I separated with divider lines, bouldered the headers and even indented it. I wrote an email and you hit reply and wrote a number of notes in blue, typed by one of my divider lines, said, I'm hoping that you find this helpful. Threw both my arms up in the air again, crank neck side by side, it's all talked about for a day again, enter, return, patronizing fuck. See, this is absolutely my day job. (laughs) Especially... Wrote another email where I disregarded the cycle of tumult your email started. Only said, thank you for all of your feedback. Graceful, with much tact. Sincerely, the sad sack. (laughs) I work for a cokehead. Do you know how many times he has barged into email threads that he has not read, just sticking his dick in the metaphorical mashed potatoes every day? This is my day job. That's fine. We can use this segment for Sybil to go off about her day job. Go on. No, that's it. That's just completely it. it. When he gets into the really bad drugs, you can tell because his emails become even more nonsensical. My entire department was trying to figure out what he meant when he sent a reply all to us and outside customers that simply said the word phishing. <laughs> that was Friday. <laughs> Yes. Uh, I guess that's what working in California looks like. This is the future the liberals want. Ugh, it probably is. (laughs) 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 Fucking PMCs. This song with the uh, If You Listened, Would You Hear Me also reminds me of the song earlier. Or do you know what I mean or not? Yeah, that one. If you listen, would you hear me? But you don't. And so from my, from now on, not bothering telling you my plans. Which is another mood. Which is another thing I do. <laughs> this could not be more of an assault on my psyche. <laughs> the first thing on this podcast that, uh, that Sybil deeply related to the lyrics of a song. Yup. How rarely do we hear that on this show? Aside from the one time that OK Go literally had your name in a song. That, yeah, that's true. <laughs> that, that's the other instance. This is my uh, number three song of the album. Number one with a bullet. <laughs> <laughs> Loaded God Complex, Cock it and Bullet? <laughs> the next track barely exists. It's Worm Dirt. Worm Dirt. Worm Dirt. Worm Dirt. Worm Dirt. What? 
I've been focused on forever and eternity's eternal decreases. How the semi goes a barrel and the chassis's gonna end up in pieces. And when they tell me not to worry, that the guy in charge will offer relief when all our tires turn to leather and the brakes won't even offer up screeching. I have no idea what brought that on. What do you mean, what? That's not even a lyric. Uh, see, but it's called Worm Dirt. Yeah, Worm that's Dirt. Good. What, what instantly made you start doing wrestling chants about that? Um, I don't know. I mean, I am friends with multiple worm queers, so Worm's good. What is a worm queer? The queer person that's just like they really like worms a lot. Okay, should have figured that out. I should have figured it out from the name. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's kind of like uh, AJ's uh, affinity for worm on a string. We we knew a lot of kids growing up who were dirt kids because they would always be playing around in the muck and the mud and not worrying about their appearance, but I don't know that we... I don't know how many of them transitioned into worm queers. I have a friend whose nickname is Worm. Look, you start as a dirt kid, then you become a worm queer, and then you become a metal war... metal war worm queer. (laughs) Metal war queer? (laughs) (laughs) Queer mon. (laughs) Which one is Queer Mom? Anyway. All of them. <laughs> anyway, this is another really short one with a really melody, really good melody, especially in the back half where it gets really sort of like upbeat and cheery and like very, very fun, very fun melody. I don't know if the lyrics are depressing. I haven't read them. <laughs> it's very hard for me to think of something to write about Worm Dirt. Yeah, it, the ending is really cool. That's fun. Let's go to the best song ever. Travelator. The Spider Song. Later is an interesting one. I love the song so much. Uh, much it more has, like, synth than usual. Lots of synth. Uh, really, really well crafted too. Like super fucking catchy. Uh, very interesting melodically. It does a lot of interesting things. It doesn't stay in the same place for too long. Really lyrically dense lyrics. I love all of the lyrics on this song. Um... This is so like this is I listening to this and repeat. This song is wonderful, and it's about you know anxiety and depression and shit. Which, hi, that's me. That's rules. 
This feels like it came off of a different album, and I wonder how much of that has to do with the guest on this track, Future Teens. Uh, I think Future Teens just does the, the singer from Future Teens just does the last thing at the end, the last um, the female vocalist that comes in at the end. Okay. I didn't know if they were the ones who brought the synths. Uh, I, I actually don't know. There is a lot of synths on this record. They're just like, there's more on this. There's like the whole, uh, the main riff of the song is done on the synths. This feels like it could have come off of a different genre of album. That's all I'm saying. Nothing else on the record sounds like Travelator, and that's what puts it as my number two. Okay. Uh, they also mention Beautiful Joe, which like, good tasting game, dude. Okay, but here's the thing. There's a mention of Beautiful Joe next to Northern Exposure, a show yes. that is older than Adam. Yes, that is odd, but sure. Wait, what's older than me? Northern, Northern exposure. exposure, and also possibly Beautiful Joe. Do you know what's the Italian name for Northern Exposure? No. A Doctor Amongst Bears? That rules! <laughs> yes. Honestly, Northern Exposure is a better comedy than uh, you would expect. It was uh, sort of like we tried to stick Frasier even higher north than Seattle in terms of the writing. I kind of thought that these were made-up things. No, Beautiful Joe is a great game. It's like one of the, uh, the, the old that. Capcom games. Well, old PS2 Capcom games. I'm not going to say old Capcom games, otherwise Sybil will feel very old. No, I, I know about old Capcom games. Do you know how many years old uh, Mega Man 4 just turned? I do, because Retronauts put that into my feed first thing this morning. <laughs> how old is it? 30. Oh. oh, that's not bad. Interesting. I was friends with a kid in high school who was obsessed with the entirety of Mega Man. Everyone knows a Mega Man kid, even these days. That Mega Man is one of those properties that will not die, and you will continue seeing at least one weird kid in your class play it. Mega Man, Sonic, Yoshi, J Yoshi, not Mario, and uh, what's the fourth one? Uh, Bubsy. Beautiful Joe was basically me pre-transition. I think I had some you're of those shirts, wrong. too. You're I'm not, not wrong. Now that I think about it, you're not wrong. No. Also, Dante from Devil May Cry was in it. Like Shin Megami Tensei 3. What? Oh yeah, it was a Capcom game. So they it had put, Dante they in put it. Dante in everything for a while, because <laughs> yeah. Devil May Cry was shit hot. See, I acquired a copy of Devil May Cry recently, because I have a PS2, but all of the games that I had for it were ones I acquired when I was like 10. Um, I don't like it. It's not fun. <laughs> oh, no. Like, are you playing the original Devil May Cry? Yes. I love that game. That's my favorite one. I'm too bad at video games for it to be fun. It's yeah, definitely a fair. genre where, yeah, um, player skill will determine a lot of your feelings on it. I just stick with my uh, uh, Resident Evil 4. Uh, Resident Evil 4 rules, though, so that's cool. Anyway, we're doing a podcast about music.
bad dudes. That's why they call the game bad dudes. I legit love the next track, Barry's Interlude slash Bad Dudes. This one's my top song on the album. I am the opposite. I think, like, the album should have... The only flaw that I see in this album is that it should have closed with Travelator, because Travelator is such an explosive, great closer. And that all of the three track past it are just, like, not bad, but they are a bit overwhelming after Travelator. But let's, tra- let's talk about the, the next song. Barry's Interlude slash... Uh, something else. Bad dudes. Bad dudes. No, I dig this. It's a very energetic. I don't know if chiptune is the word I want. It's incredibly electronic. And it's, it's a Christmas song. Da, 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 da. It's a unique sound what? that follows on from Travelator, but goes in its own direction. And it's just kind of. It feels like an electronic jam session. Yeah, but then it, like the the, the second sounds... part of the song has no electronics. That's just, are you talking about the the mid, mid, intro interlude? Bad. Let me double check. Because Barry's interlude is sort of like the electronic intro, and then it goes into Bad Dudes, which is like super dry and super guitar based. It's like one of the songs that I say are a bit Bruce Springsteen-y on the record. Oh right, right. The second half got brassy. That's why I was still chill on the sound. Yeah. Well, it's brassy, very guitar-based. I don't think this is a bad song. I don't think any... I think The Closer is probably the only my least favorite song here. I just think that Travelator is such a high point that they could have very well closed it there. 14 tracks would have been... 13 tracks, actually, would have been fine. Here's the thing. I don't disagree with you because I've already said this album feels overstuffed in the way that a lot of 2000s albums do, where... You put too many tracks on it because you need to feel like you're getting so much for your money. Um, but I actually like these last few tracks. Fair enough. Let's talk about Snowing, Alien vs. Bandana Man. The title of this song is what made me excited to listen to this album. I saw that and I was like, oh, this is going to be great. Fair, fair. Uh, this starts with a very heavy metal kind of riff. This reminds reminded me of when, like, Sam 41 does heavy metal. No, this starts with a clip from something else. Did either of you recognize it? Oh, it's The Simpson. It's like... Uh, it's one of the Tracy like, Ullman shorts. Yeah, that's the Tracy Ullman short, right? From The Simpsons, yes. I, I did not recognize the clip, but that was I definitely recognized the voice from Tracy Ullman shorts, Homer. Gotcha. Okay, I was actually placing a bet with myself in the notes if either of you were going to get that. I thought you wouldn't because not Italian voice Homer, and Adam wouldn't because old Simpsons. Yeah, you all, you were right for me. I didn't... No, oh, I did it. I was assuming it was something old, but... Uh, I did it. I'm more familiar with uh, Italian Simpsons, but I, I am familiar with uh, with the voices, at least. I did not recognize the specific bit, but it was very, very much that. Yeah, it's, it's Homer accidentally giving Bart an existential crisis, setting him down to bed. 
Yeah. Oh, I mean, hasn't that happened to everyone at least once? Yeah, that's fair. I don't actually know if I've ever had an existential crisis. Please ignore all the evidence otherwise that we've put onto this microphone. <laughs> Our whole podcast is a series of existential crises. crises. See, I haven't had an existential crisis in like a good five years or so. Um, I haven't had one in like ten minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I've just embraced the fact that I don't care whether or not anything exists, so it's like, meh, whatever. <laughs> I'm gonna take a nap. Oh no, we have an nihilist on the podcast. Please do not pee on my rug, Adam. It ties the room together. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> That's the only time yeah. you'll ever hear me make a Lebowski joke. <laughs> oh, come on, that movie is fine. It's not the best, uh... I've never finished movie, it in, like, like five it. different attempts. See, I was like eight when I saw that movie, which was decidedly not the right age to be watching that, so yeah, I'm not a fan. No, that's fair. Ah, this explains why Jeff Bridges imprinted on you so hard. <laughs> what? Have you not noticed that Adam styles himself after the dude so heavily? I have no idea what you're talking about, because I don't remember anything from that movie. Um, but we don't have time to unpack all this. Let's move on. <laughs> Watch that sometime and just have a horrible realization then. Let us go to, um, something something trans joke. Uh, Matrix, one down at least. Uh, I, would, I do want to say that snowing is uh, another high point for me. Very 80s rock style. And it just sort of digs in with an energy that keeps going plus the whole the title is just like hey guess what we were watching the original alien at 2 a.m and just half remembering scenes from it and that's the whole thing i love it you can occupy your time with you'll make it if you try with the unexplained long drive a complete layout of your life once you occupy that view, say fuck your bummer attitude. All that reasoning seems stupid. Once you push it beside, you won't need to address all you left behind. Don't you worry about it, baby. Oh, you're only concerned. Do I go left or right? Don't you Let's talk about Matrix, one down at least. I don't like this song. I don't have anything specific against it. I think it's a week closer though. I think it's very long and unlike a lot of other songs of this record, I think it doesn't do a lot with that length. And um, I don't know. I, I would have liked this to close with Travelator and this is sort of like my only low point for the record. I think it is a very good closing song, not overwhelming. Lyrics are fun and pretty upbeat, even though the whole thing is just discussing what may or may not be a slow mental breakdown and coming back from it over a decade. That's a mood. <laughs> it is a mood. Today it's a very that's a mood episode. <laughs> Not getting any better anyhow by being here. Balcony about 20 feet. Bet I'd survive the leap. Outdid 2011 to 2015. Broke up some of the concrete of your whole neurochemistry. 
Now we're making progress, won't you take a seat? That sinus disinfectant spray could take a week. Got time, work release, tray magnifique. Productivity rat down round 2016. Guess the slack gave pause to the sound of that whole listening to your soul thing. And the chorus that they're going through is, If the thought can't escape your mind, can you be out of the woods if it brings peace to mind? So, yeah. The, the yeah, whole they should thing have just is... calling me out. Okay, we got that. Um... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I like this. Mm. I think it's a very good closer that, in the end, is still trying to say, Hey, you know, you got friends, you got things to do, you can have downtimes and still be alright. Yeah, I don't know. I think melodically this hits a lot less than other songs. Like, just musically, this is... I don't know. It's not as sharp. The, song, the, um, the melodies are not as sharp. The, that's not, it doesn't vary a lot like other songs, which is weird because it's the longest one. It's the one where you would see more of that sort of like playing around with structure. And it doesn't do that as much. I don't think it's a bad song, but it's like probably the only forgettable song on the record for me. See, I think that's what makes this a good closer, is that it's not trying to overwhelm you or overstimulate you on the way out. This is basically a long fade-out track that doesn't just let off the gas so much as slowly pump the brake. Yeah, I could see that. Again, I think Travelator, just a big explosive song, would have closed this better, but that's just me. Okay. Adam? Well, You're the tiebreaker here. Um, I like it. It's fun. Um, it's catchy. It is another song that's enjoyable to get some exercise while listening to, although it's more of a yoga song yeah, than a, uh... <sighs> no, I don't know why I made what? that sound so what? vicious. <laughs> what? <laughs> um... Look, it's been a very horny yoga weekend. Yeah, you're like, I mean, you're at this level of horny. You. you should bring it like a bit down to this now. <laughs> All right, hold on. Let me just dump some ice water on myself. <laughs> My yoga was probably considerably less horny. Um, horny yoga, not really my thing, but, you know. What even uh, is horny yoga? Oh, do you actually want to? Uh, do you actually want to know? Because I could show you. No, no, Sam. no, 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 no. It was a rhetoric question. Um. Okay. I really, really liked. Um, I really liked the uh, once you can occupy that view. Say fuck your bummer attitude. All that stupid. Uh, all that reasoning seems stupid. Uh, once you push it beside you. Uh, I like that. It's. It's a good line. Yeah. Stanza thing. Fun fact, stanza in Italian means room. Hmm. Oh, neat. As implied in the last song, we fall for the temporary lulls, emotion with sickness, the turn to the secondary stall, unconscious collusion, illusion, a blood stains of the wall, the going detected, deflected, and all but that's not what I am here for, it's just me, that's not what I'm here for, it's only meant to be a mea culpa, meta seed for, and seed of filled gin and soda with a twist of any citrus fruit you can get in your sweaty. Final thoughts. Does anyone does anyone have final thoughts on this record? Are your thoughts final? Yeah, I think this was an excellent change of pace. As you said, 
not strictly pop punk, but I think it was adjacent enough with the ska and brass content that we should be talking about it. And overall, I had fun with it, as I tend to when we do these format-breaking episodes. It's nice to just get out of our... Get out of this town? Death march through the history of uh, commercial pop punk to see something different. Yeah, gotta get out of this slow and brutal death march through the history of pop punk. Mm. My thoughts on this are not final, because uh, I'm gonna keep listening to it. I think it might be my new favorite album. Oh, nice. Um, I like it. Fair, yeah. It's good. Yeah, I agree. I, I, if there's a thing, uh, if there's a thing that just gets me, that I, it's just like made for me, it's power pop. Like a good power pop record will always be like high on my list of things that I like. And this rooms. It's a really good power pop record. It takes inspiration from all the right places, and uh, the songs are sharp. They're well constructed. They are playful. There's a lot of like cool instruments. Uh, I love this record. This is one of my favorite records of the year. It's good. Yeah, and uh, if you want to buy it, you can go at TelethonBand.BandCamp.com, or you know, it's on Spotify. But you know, Spotify is not good. <laughs> Like, we all use it, but, like... I don't. Go, go buy this. <laughs> yeah, you don't, but also you use YouTube, which is basically the same. Also, can I just say that in doing some temporary research on this band, I discovered their Twitter, and they did make me laugh with whoever is running the social media account. Yeah, they're, they're, uh, they are on Twitter. They are uh, at Telethon Band. So, yeah. Mm. So what are we covering next week? Next week we're talking about Stomach Book by Stomach Book. Same song, different chorus. So this was an episode. Thanks for listening to us. We have a website, which is getoutofthistown.com. You can mail us at getoutofthistownpodcast at gmail.com. You can Twitter us at at G-G-O-O-T-T podcast. We're on iTunes, we're on Spotify, we're on Google Play, we're everywhere where you want to get your podcast from. If you, you're on podcasts, Apple Podcasts or whatever, iTunes, please rate and review us. It's cool, it's nice, we like it. It makes us feel good and the inside. It makes us smile! Uh, Yes. Um, uh, and that's it. Do you have anything to plug, Sybil? If you want to hear more from me, be it podcasts or my writing or just weird tweets, you can find everything I do linked from hellscaper.com. Do you have anything to plug, Adam? Nope. Not a one. And as always, you can find me at ACC the Moon on Twitter. And if you want to support us, we do not have a Patreon, but if you go on uh, getoutofthistown.com slash 2021 roundup, we made a playlist of, uh, well, I made a playlist. <laughs> I was going to say we. Everyone else is lazy. <laughs> everyone else is lazy. But uh, I made a hey, playlist of all the... you didn't even tell me we were going to do it. Do you know any 2021 pop punk or emo pop that you want to add to the playlist that I didn't already Churches. Um, did... That is not... That is, that, did Green Interstate put anything out in liberally. 2021? 
You talked at the same time, so I have no idea what anyone said. But Gossible. like the cures are not emo. The cures are not emo. Adam, what were you saying? Oh, I was saying, did uh, Green Interstate put anything out in 2021? I don't know. You should know they're, they're, they're your friends, man. Um, I've, but yeah, I've I've had had I have no conversations with this person. We can't be considered friends. <laughs> uh, I have plenty of that. That's called a parasocial relationship. Um, <laughs> and if you want a parasocial relationship with us, we do not have a Patreon, but you can reach out to us on all sorts of things and we'll talk to you in whatever sultry voice you like. Look, I'm chronically lonely, so, like, if you Twitter us, I'm gonna have, like, long conversation with you about, like, Everclear or whatever. Um, not about Everclear. <laughs> but, yeah, get, get out of this town.com slash 2021 roundup. Uh, you go to our Spotify playlist. It's cool. It's good. It's neat. Goodbye. See ya. Goodbye. I've got the time to stick around I'll catch my flight like a pop pocket And get out of this town What's on your mind? There's no point left to keep your image down Let's terrify